Hello. I am actually really excited to tell you a couple of stories because I got them from a colleague. And if you know anything about my previous workplace, really, I go to work to get people's stories. Like there's like part of me that's like, oh, I like this job. It's fun. (laughs) Like, But really, I'm just there for like, tell me about your life. Tell me all your stories. Keep all of your secrets between us. And my podcast. And, the podcast. <laughs> so, and then it's also um, but <laughs> I was talking to one of my colleagues this week and he was talking about weddings. And he's like, Yeah, you know, um, doing shots at a wedding is so important. Cause I was saying, like, once I turn 25, I don't do shots. I have a rule. Oh, like my body just I'm can't. way too old for shots. Like the line has been drawn, it's in cement, it's not in sand, like we're done. I'll just do that cronk thing where I toss it over my shoulder. (laughs) I I, I pretend to drink it. It's just, it's flowing down my body instead. Party, party, party. (laughs) Oh, that was so great. No, no, no more. No more. (laughs) Yeah, I loved it. Look how drunk I am. (laughs) Correct. So yeah, and he was like, well, you do shots at a wedding. And and, um, and I was like, why do you have to do a shot at a wedding? Like, why can't you just have a drink? Your wedding or? No, just any wedding you go to. And he's like, well, your wedding, I have questions. <laughs> he was like, yeah, yeah, you, you do a shot. So then, and I'm like, so then what? And he's like, you have courage to hit on bridesmaids, you know, all the single bridesmaids. And I'm like, uh-huh. you're younger than me. So I feel like I should tell you single bridesmaids are made up. There's almost none of them. I would like, like to enter the chat. Hello. No, but I'm saying, but I. listen, but listen, but listen. But so I'm a maid of honor, so let's be, let's be real. Mm. But in a typical wedding party, there right. might be one or two, but the majority are in relationships, if not also married, mm-hmm. because married people travel in flocks. They're like birds. Sure. So, you there know what I mean? Like, flock together. they're migratory, they have seasons. So, <laughs> <laughs> but the point being, like, the, the single bridesmaid thing, it's usually like one person. So, if you don't like her, like, womp womp. Like that's that's kind of it. And I would say, like, as the single maid of honor slash bridesmaid, I'm like not super interested in being hit on by drunk party goers. You don't go to a wedding as a bridesmaid. This is what I was telling him. You don't go to a wedding as a bridesmaid to get dudes. You go to a wedding as a guest if you're interested in hooking up with someone, or if you're like, oh, I might meet someone. I don't even know what's I gonna do. Like, that's never your thought process as a bridesmaid because you're doing so much crap all day and the day before that you like barely show up there in the outfit that someone else dressed you in. Like, you're not like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna meet my prince. Like, it's it's not what you're thinking. So, well, like, were you single at Josie's wedding? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, that one person who like went on that train of thought. <laughs> no, but. He he gave me the best story because he <laughs> wanted me to cancel my transcontinental buzzword, my transcontinental flight the like three days later to stay with him because he might like me. Yeah. Wow. What an offer. <laughs> but okay. also we looked move, at him. So move to the place that you have wanted to go for literally years and basically chase your dream. Option A. Or you could, (laughs) you could stay, not have a job and, um, potentially come to Virginia and see if I want to date you. You like? Like, (laughs) Trade deal. You get (laughs) mediocre white man. I can't, well, I don't know yet. I don't know if I want to be serious or not. I'm not sure. I'm like, 
I'm just waiting for the part where there's like an upside to option B. I'm just waiting. And he was like, he genuinely was asking me, like, I don't think he was being facetious. I think he was genuinely thinking that at some stage I would cancel my flight tickets because he was literally like, oh, stay, stay with the friend, stay like all week, stay and, and like, give me your number and like, I'll text you. And I'm like, bro. (laughs) (laughs) He's also the same person who was like trying to bully me on social media. Oh no. He apologized in quotations. The story gets better because believe it or not, as odious as he sounds to you now, I walked into the wedding disliking him. And that doesn't really happen for me. I don't usually like immediately dislike someone unless they're, oh, the one thing I figured out this week, like I didn't figure it out. Like I'd never realized it before, but I was reminded this week, mm-hmm. people who whisper unnecessarily hate, hate those people. People who there's talk a guy, to me also hate. There's a guy at my work who like, he whispers like this when he's talking. Why? Speak up! <laughs> what? He's, he talks the whole day like this. He talks the whole day like that to the girl he sits next to. And I'm like, either speak or be silent crazy ass peeking over the cubicle with like her fingers like <laughs> <laughs> like flames coming out of my mouth <laughs> like, but it's like really hate. slow rise up like a you just see the angry eyes and then the- i hate people who whisper unnecessarily sure. Sure. anyway back in the room <clears throat> so he had he had basically said really negative body shaming comments towards Emma on Instagram. And then there was some kind of weird backtrack, like six months down the line that was like, eh, sorry. Like right. there was, there was a weird, like, I guess if you think I was that wrong, like I'll just thro- throw a sorry bandaid on it and call it a day. And so I'd walked into the wedding, literally going, who's that guy who was mean to you? And Emma goes, that guy <laughs> like and then show me who did I don't even know one yeah like literally show me the bad guy <laughs> but I but I don't even know like how he got the idea of me do you know that part no I don't pro- so I feel so here's how I remember events so he does the body shaming thing like a you know, it's clear you're very insecure post-divorce. You feel some kind of way you're being mean to me. It's fine. I don't know you and I don't find you attractive. So it's, it's doubly okay. And then I'm pretty, I don't know if he even knew who you were ahead of time because we get to the pre-bridal shower party thing at her parents, her dad's house, remember? And that's where I remember him apologizing to me, being like... I thought that was it, and I didn't understand I'm telling you, it's, I don't know if he ever planned on doing it, but he saw you and he was like, he saw our interaction, he's like, okay, clearly they're friends. If I just say sorry for being an abhorrent human... I'm having a flashback memory, you know, like when a meteorite hits you. And I'm remembering that I physically said to you, did he literally just do that because he was talking to me and I wouldn't have spoken to him otherwise? And you were like, yeah, yes. <laughs> like, and, and it was just so weird. But anyway, so like, didn't know him from a bar of soap, you know what I mean? And he was trying to convince me to throw over my plans to move to the UK and stay in date him or I don't really know because he was going through a divorce still so I don't even think he wanted a date I think he literally just wanted me to like stay in his hotel which is the creepiest thing in the world so um but he he did spend the whole and this is this is my point you're spending a lot of time (laughs) 
you're spending a lot of time as a single guy uh-huh. chasing after something that's not there. It's not there to catch. I wasn't there to be caught. You know what I mean? Like I was not going to Josie's wedding thinking if only I could meet a boy. Like I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, and the same thing is true for like 90% of weddings that you are a part of the bridal party for. You're not like, oh my gosh, I wonder what guys are coming. Is that guy going to be there? Is that guy going to be there? You do that as a wedding guest because going to a wedding as a single person is a sport. And in an athletic event, you compete best solo. You don't compete as a team. The average is going to drag you down. And honestly, everybody, like who's wingmanning you? Like the married chick who is two seats down or perhaps the girl in the creepy relationship that's next to you. Like, no, no, it's just, anyway. And so he was like, really most bridesmaids aren't single and i'm like no not my really. plans he <laughs> genuinely smoked. had never been to a wedding before he's that young wow. and he's, so he's watched hollywood tell him that right yeah yeah and it's such a weird trope because i'm like who came up with this like this is not a real thing this is not a real phenomenon that happens no. like what married woman has like all single girlfriends if they're on a sitcom from the 90s thank you very much so he was like really? Yeah. Yeah, really. And so then I just spent like the next couple of minutes just thinking to myself, like you sweet summer child, (laughs) what, what is your life going to be like when I give you more wisdom about how the world works? And actually that ties in pretty well with Hmm. the quick tea. So we have some more chit chat, but we're going to be getting into a quick tea. Girls' best kept secrets, the secrets that we keep as women from you for you men. And part dos. <laughs> Parte dos. Because if you remember, last year we did a best kept girl secrets, and many of you did not believe that your girlfriend shaves her toes. And I'm here to tell you that that's still a fact. It's still true. Okay. And to be honest, like I think that was peak girl secret. Like, I don't know okay. how much more we can, we can throw, but we're going to throw, we're going to throw some spaghetti at a wall. Can we beat the toes? I don't know. Debatable. Very debatable. But that, that is coming towards you. We're very excited about it. And I, I have another chit chat story, but I would love to throw it to you because I know you have some stuff too. Let me just do a quick dive into our notes because I thought I marked something down, but you know me, I write things down that I'm like, how do those happen? Um, that's all Hannah. Hannah actually put some notes into the podcast notes this week. And I was like, Oh, cause it's almost, always I know, oh. I know. I literally finally had a reason to write a note. Cause normally nothing happens in my life. So I don't have any notes. <laughs> like, um, okay. So here's, I don't know if we've talked about this. So we probably touched on it, but I just, mine's a vent more than anything else. It almost always is just seeing so and know. like, okay, well in my world, metrically, it's, it's almost always a bit. It's just facts. <laughs> and I'm just sharing the facts. So. He's just spitting bars and you're just oh, going to catch, catch them. Catch, catch, catch. Let's get your catch, mitts out. Catch, Let's catch. go. Okay. Also, have you heard that new Lizzo song? I don't like it. Mm, I haven't. No, because I am not up or hip with the, the greatest hits of the days. It has a lot of talking, you know, mm. where like the singers are like, I don't know what your problem is. And then they'll sing a chorus and they'll come back and they'll be like, Walk around town, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, I... I'm confused about the path that we're taking. Because I love Lizzo. Like, I'm such a Lizzo stan. And I'm like, this was not, this was not it for me. Well, you know, you're bound to have some misses here and there. So... Not from Queen Lizzo. Well, Lizzo, she just recently got very emotional on social media about being body shamed. So she gets a pass. 
So. Oh, poor thing. Like, I mean, honestly, that could be its like whole own episode. But like, I'm just saying, no one is immune. No one. And people online. None of us. Like, they really. I just. I can't imagine being the kind of person who was like, let me type these awful things. Like, how much do you hate yourself to say those things to somebody? So much. So you so much. like you despise yourself, and I feel yeah. very sorry for you. So. Anyway, my rant Moving swiftly on. <laughs> is is vaccine related because we are in the throes. And oh, I will say my goodness. My vaccine card has actually been checked multiple times recently. We people are talking about like this is a new thing, like this is so like 1940s, World War II. Okay, ID cards, passports, you know, social security numbers. These are all things that you have had to present to be allowed to do certain things. So to me, the vaccine card is no different. Your phone uses your face. It literally scans your face to open. And if it doesn't, it scans your thumb. And if it doesn't, because you have an Android, it still has a USB tracker in it. Like you still have find my phone on whatever pathetic platform Androids use that Mm -hmm. is not find my iPhone. So, I mean, like, it's just, it's such a moronic concern. Like, even if they put a magnet in the vaccine, what super magnet is the government working on? Like, where's the research on that? You know what I mean? Like who, like Magneto is not coming for you, honey. Like he's just not. Well, you know, like I, there's this like incredible sense of self-importance that the people are carrying with them to be like, like, what are you, what are you as a threat? Like, what are, if you were Mortal Kombat, what would your, what would your talent be? Like, what's your theme? My real, the real rant lies in my issue with right. healthcare workers. This is Ooh. where my, my biggest problem lies. Like, I know what you're going to say. My biggest problem. Nurses and healthcare workers who are refusing to get the vaccine and talking about medical freedom, I hope you get fired so hard. I, it's, I mean, it, it is blowing my mind that you are willingly in a profession where you know you're around sick people. Sick, your whole job is sick people. You don't have a job without sick people. And here you are being like, well, I don't want to get jabbed because of my own Facebook-founded beliefs, and therefore your <laughs> life is forfeit. And I'm just like... I, nothing, I, I see red when I see people talk about this, like this, you have a choice. You don't have to get vaccinated, get fired. That's your other Well, choice. and you know what, for anybody who's listening, who is anti-vax, I'm sorry, because this is probably not a great space for you, but <laughs> if you want a genuine resource on how the vaccine timeline worked in this versus every other disease for the last 20 years, Johns Hopkins did a really good like visual image of how vaccine timelines work by timetable. So like, this is phase one, this is what you have to do before you get to a clinical trial. This is phase two, this is how it works. And they compare and contrast different diseases over time and how they were able to speed up the COVID-19 vaccine process. So they show you step-by-step because I understand for people who don't know that it can be very concerning when you see things like the rubella vaccine took 15 years or the, you know, the, the chicken pox took 15, 10, 20 and smallpox took 25. And so how did this possibly get to us within two years? I understand that concern. That's a valid concern, but what is not valid is you not educating yourself and understanding the context of how it happened Mm -hmm. and just assuming that you're smarter than the trillions of hours that were poured into this by really, really smart people. 
people mm-hmm. who it's their knew what job. they were doing. And all the people who've gotten vaccinated would tell you it's good. Like the grass is always greener, but literally the grass is literally always greener. It's always greener on the vaccinated side. Sure. Like you have almost probably if you're an American, you have at least 10 to 12 vaccines in you right now, right now. So So, this is not new. We have been new. Okay. Your vaccine passport. Look at like the the card from like the eighties and nineties, it's a little fold out card that like you took with you to be like, yes, I can be educated. You have your medical data stored in a cloud. My guy, you are on the grid. You live in the grid. The grid is your house. I also have if like, just if you want to move off the grid, genuinely break your phone, take whatever money out you have, liquidate it, like whatever you probably don't own a home, but if you do sell it, like all of your cash, get it in cash, move to Belize. They accept the dollar and live and farm jalapenos or walk on the beach, whatever you want to do, but like go off the grid. Then don't sit there on the grid and be like, I hate the grid. The grid sucks. Like you're in the matrix, my guy. If you don't like it, pull a Neo and get your butt out of there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Become Ted Kaczynski minus the bombing. <laughs> yeah. If we could just please <laughs> that portion, super great for you. But no, my, you know, it, it's, it's, I, I, I just, the, the people that are like the loudest about like this generation is so soft, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you refuse to wear a piece of fabric on your face because you're uncomfortable. And I find that very soft. I do personally. So, I mean, like I could rant about this all day, but like I have relatives who are in healthcare who are like talking about not like willingly not being vaccinated and how like if I'm fired, it's a violation of my rights. And I'm like, yeah, well, dying of COVID when someone's in the ICU is a violation of like their humanity. So why don't you become a vet? Vets are great. (laughs) Go work with animals. There's a very low transmission rate to dogs. Go go super great for you run don't walk (laughs) like have i have big issues with it like humongous like the average individual choosing to not get vaccinated like i'm annoyed with you already but i'm not like i'm not going to like lose my mind when you tell me you know like i'm gonna be frustrated but when you're a nurse and you're like well i don't want to get vaccinated because here are the facts and i got the facts from tucker carlson okay yeah well (laughs) now i'm now i'm pissed so now i'm mad I'm just like, there's so many things going on in the world that are genuinely challenging. Wearing a mask is not challenging. No. Of all the things that are difficult for us, that's getting medical treatment for free to protect you against a disease is not challenging. It's not challenging. I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care if you have a needle phobia the size of Texas. It's not challenging. It is not challenging compared to the, I'm going to guess, up to millions of people that are displaced around the world because of warfare, violence, people taking over their homes. Mm -hmm. Like that's challenging. That's difficult. Watching your children die in front of you from, yeah, like watching, watching your children, watching your family members die in front of you. That's difficult. Getting a flipping jab is not difficult. I imagine that like some of the more like developing countries are looking at us like what is you mean the countries that still don't have adequate vaccine supplies because right. almost everybody there wants it but cannot physically get it because of the West who are intentionally throwing it away? You mean like the, the pharmacists and the nurses that are intentionally destroying thousands of vaccinations because they don't believe in it? Like, 
those among you don't at me. Don't, don't at me. I have <laughs> nothing. There's no, no conversation that we could have. None conversations. The conversation, conversation. Is, the limit exists and it's that conversation. So please don't. I, I understand people who don't want to get vaccinated, but I also think that if you have any sort of public facing job to include a waitress, if you come into contact with a lot of people as part of your profession, it's your social responsibility to get vaccinated. And it doesn't matter how you feel about it. And I would feel that way even if I were not interested in getting the vaccine, if I had a job that faced a lot of people, like I thought about the people that I work with and I don't work with that many people. So I just think it's, it's not about you. It doesn't really matter how you feel. My school is mask mandated again. So thank you to everyone who put us in this position. I'm very excited that I am not only double vaccinated. I've been, I've been jabbed twice. I have the full range of the vaccine and I get to wear a mask among all other vaccinated people. Because now the vaccine is not as effective against the Delta variant because, hmm, I wonder what that, what, what the reason could be. Could it be that people didn't get the vaccine when they should have? Maybe. Anyway, I have, you know, I'm not here to make waves, but I am. So if it helps, a very large percentage of Europe is vaccinated. Most of the UK is vaccinated. It's a very small percentage. I think it's like 70, 30 mm-hmm. yeah, vaccinated, we're, we're not about 55 vaccinated. vaccinated so. Oh, I mean, people are offering incentives. Like they're paying you to get vaccinated. They're desperate. The thing is like, this is a yearly job now. And I don't think people know that. Like, this is not like a one and done. You're vaccinated for life. It's a superpower that they're injecting in you. This is the new flu shot. Welcome. Yeah. Hi. So, you know, I mean, maybe very far in the future, you know, whenever, because like the flu shot's not mandatory, you know, no, but we've also had literally decades to get used to several different variants because they choose a, a mix of variants right. in the job, which is what they do for most jobs. They choose a mix of different variants and they put it all together and then they help your body to synthesize antibodies to fight it. And if you don't have those antibodies, your body can't fight it, right. which is what a vaccine does. So. We're very far removed from COVID being on the level that the flu is now. So we are probably seven to 10 years in Europe from Mm -hmm. the flu being there. I think in the States, because of how vehement, like vehement the opposition is, I would say you're probably like 20, 25, maybe even 30. But the good news is I'm not going to be here that much longer. (laughs) Burn the ship, suckers. I don't care. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) So so healthcare workers get vaccinated. Otherwise I do hope you're fired. I really do. From the and bottom of my heart. Honestly, like I was going to apologize for all this anti-vax talk, but it's our podcast and it's how we feel. And if you don't like how we feel, we totally respect your right to not like how we feel. But this is how we feel. This is our podcast. And thank you so much for listening to this public service announcement. I'm get, <laughs> getting your flipping vaccine. So anyway, my last piece of chit chat, because okay. we need to make this quick. Make this quick. <laughs> um, it is probably one of the most interesting things I've overheard recently. I love, I love listening to people's conversations. I touched on this earlier. I thrive and Emma also thrives on this. If we are together, especially if we're at like a very busy cafe eating lunch, (laughs) we will have like four, maybe three or four conversations and then we'll just sit. And as soon as someone's interesting, we're like, (laughs) we'll just completely listen to what they're talking about. And then we will comment on what they're talking about, we'll like commentate along. Mm-hmm. So yeah. our COVID vaccine radars actually come out and it makes our hearing <laughs> better. 
So <laughs> yeah, it's really annoying too. Cause if you think about it, like, why would you put a giant megaphone in my neck? People are going to oh, notice. Come that. on. Guys, oh, logistics. Put it under my arms. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so anyway. Anyway, I was walking out. I was collecting a takeaway. We've moved into our new house this week, which is very exciting. But we were in no mood to cook. So I was collecting a takeaway. And I heard these girls walking behind me and talking. And I took about 20 minutes to get from where I needed to go. And it's about a four minute walk. Because I was just like, hmm. <laughs> like I was walking so slow. I'm glad they didn't notice. Um, but basically, this girl turns to the girl she's walking with and she goes, did you end up saying yes to that guy? And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they, she was like, oh my gosh, that was the wildest. I'm just going to tell you now as the reenactment. So this is okay. me switching into reenactment sure, mode sure, sure. for those who don't know. Emma will automatically know what I'm doing, but I want to make sure that you don't it's think I'm saying this. Yes. We have entered the scene. You're in a parking lot. There are two British women talking. Go. <laughs> But do, it as if, do it as if you were bank robbers. <laughs> <laughs> now, do it as if you're aliens invading the planet. <laughs> Can you? No, no, no. <laughs> you're doing it all wrong. Sorry, that was like a who's line bit that I can't, I never not love it, where Colin always plays the director and they're doing like a scene. He's like, no, no, do no. it as if. And he just comes up with some absurd idea. <laughs> so, do it as if. Do it backwards. Falling in love with his pocket square. <laughs> just like that so okay but now we're gonna do a normal reenactment hannah please bring us into it here we go did you say yes to that guy oh my gosh that was the wildest thing i can't believe that he was able to even ask me out what happened anyway i didn't understand what was going on well i was on the train and he was on the train with me and basically he'd asked me out like pretty normally i mean he wasn't unattractive he was stone drunk he was very, very drunk. It was 9 a.m. And he was Irish and he was a jockey oh, okay. who just moved over. And he, he was, was telling short. me all about his, uh, he was telling me all about the his jockey career and like what he did. And I sound slightly Irish. So I'm assuming that was a common point for me. I'm monologuing now. <laughs> um, and she was like, and I, I just couldn't believe it because he asked me out and what did you say? Well, honestly, I thought about going because it would be the most interesting date I've ever been on. I mean, you know, I just can't imagine getting asked out on a train by a drunk guy and saying, yes, that'd be such a great story. Fades into the background. Mm -hmm. Now, my question for the world is, Emma, if you got asked out on a train by a drunk guy, would you go? (laughs) So am I going right then? I think it was a subsequent date. So it was like a Shall I date thee forthwith? Not shall I date thee right now? Here's what I would have done. I would have been like, you know, like maybe ask me, here's my Instagram. Why don't you ask me when you're sober? You know, like I would not then and there be like, you let's totally go out because like you're drunk and I am not. And also it's very early, which speaks to me. Which says words to me. (laughs) So I have some questions. But if I'm like, oh, he's not attractive. Like, do you have socials? Like, follow me. I'll follow you. Then, like, let's interact on there when you're sober so that I can really get a feel for how you are, you Mm. know. But no, I would not right then and there be like, yes, let's go on a date. 
I found out from my colleague this week that quite a lot of people do it for the story kind of a thing. Like they'll do like a really weird thing, but they'll just do it because it was part of a story. Like his friend was so, all of his stories are about being drunk. His friend was so drunk after a night out in Luxembourg that he accidentally got on the wrong train and went all the way to Germany because he just fell asleep, Sure, sure. <laughs> which happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, who among us? Who among <laughs> us? I mean, I like to live, so I'm not sure that I'm at the age now where I'd be like, let me just do it for the gram, but as, like as far as a story goes, you know? I just, I have like a normal hind brain and therefore a large self-protective instinct. Yeah, yeah. But that's me. That's me. You know, I wouldn't say yes to a guy on a train because I don't want to be a girl on a train, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be gone girled and disappeared and dead or worse than dead. There are things worse than dead, guys. There are. Yeah, like anti-vaxxers. <laughs> I was gonna go like in a, a, a similar vein, but I won't. So I won't do it. So okay. Well, Hannah and I were actually like we know the exact definition of quick, and we're really we're sticking to it. So oh wow. So we to reiterate are going over best kept girl secrets part two. Part de, its name, if you will. Para español, marque cinco. <laughs> I'm triggered by my like <laughs> now, so I had to call the VA early this week, so you can imagine. Oh, so, it's twitching. <laughs> no. Um, so anyway, <laughs> we like we said, like I don't think we can beat toes. To be honest. Yeah, I think that was probably pinnacle girl wisdom because what girl is telling you that? Right. Like, I had plenty of guys, my dude friends message me and be like, that's not, there's no way. And I'm like, no, no, she shaves her toes. Check out them toes, my dude. Check them out. Once you're in a relationship for a while, we like don't do it quite as often. So just like when we're taking, when we're doing sandals or we're walking in front of the house, take a quick glance. You might, you might be surprised. So (laughs) just so you know, but okay. So today I have a few and they're not quite as good, but there may be things that guys like have maybe a misconstrued idea about. Mm. So we'll see. So Hannah says she for sure has one. I've got a few written down. So we'll just, we'll go a tit for tat and just mention them and see what you guys think. We'll just crack on through, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, my first one is, hang on, I wrote it down, but not in the regular podcast area because I didn't want Hannah to me yet. So. That's the same problem. (laughs) So I don't, maybe this isn't quite as a secret, but in terms of dating, maybe it's not quite as well known because I think that guys have like this, um, reputation of being very shallow and superficial girls are just as bad we're just as bad as guys are you know like we get flack for like the height thing that's kind of like the bare minimum as far as like our superficiality goes like yeah our shallowness goes much deeper (laughs) like he's got weird eyebrows or he wore jeans that i didn't like like it gets shallow so 150 percent. so we're not in this phase now but we've both been in this phase, which is the checklist phase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you're a girl, if you're a woman, if you're not a girl, not yet a woman. Oh, um, free Britney. <laughs> free her. She's getting free. We just saved you guys from Sidebar Nation tour 27. <laughs> yeah. So 
yeah, if you're a woman, you 100% had a checklist and I can tell you some of the things on my old checklist. Emma could go through hers, but basically it's all the way from personality to like teeth care, to like what kind of clothing you wear, to where you bought that clothing, to what kind of holidays you're going to take me on, to what size nose you have. Some girls like big noses, some girls like small noses, but there's a nose preference. Jawline is huge arm size, um, wearing a polo shirt, not wearing a polo shirt, wearing a belt with your jeans, wearing a specific type of shoe with a type of jeans, wearing sneakers with suits, mm-hmm. wearing t-shirts with blazers. Mm-hmm. There are so many things that girls rabbit hole about in terms of like on the checklist. These are the, the seven deadly sins that you mm-hmm. shall not commit. Otherwise I will not be attracted to you. And eventually you outgrow that because you realize that it's completely worthless and that actually what matters is personality, compatibility, how you get on with the other person and what they bring to your life. But there are still elements of a checklist that exist in your brain, even if you know that that's not what you need. So in your head, even if you're going on dates and you're like, I'm an evolved person, I'm self-actualized. I know that I need a compatible partner and not a checklist of things. If big arms are on your checklist, you're still looking at their arms. You might move past it, but you're still looking at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Haircut was a big one for me. Like what kind of haircut do they have? I've definitely rejected men based on the type of jeans that they wore. Cologne. Oh yeah. How you smell. I mean, like not just how you though. smell like, tells me a lot about you as a person. Actually, mm-hmm. if you're wearing, axe, I really read into, I really read in. <laughs> <laughs> I I really read into scent though. Like for men or women, I, I really like, if you smell a certain way, I read into what your personality is like. So if you have like one of those super, super sweet perfumes as a girl, I immediately think that you're very concerned about image. Cause I feel like only super image conscious people have like the Paris Hilton scent or like, you know, the, like the very, very, it's like a pink smell. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and if you have like a really like unisex perfume, I immediately know that you're either cool girl or a tomboy. Like hundred percent. They're like a, the Venn diagram is a circle, but yeah. Yeah. Personally, I like a more bombshell Victoria's Secret bombshell scent because to me that exudes like a, a, a light sexiness. It's not an overt in your face, sexy, but it's like a, I know. I'm not going to tell you guys what I wear for perfume because I have severe perfume jealousy and I hate when people buy my perfume. And Hannah knows that I've also worn this perfume. We just don't talk about it. We just don't talk about it. Um, No, but it's because I did not pick it because I like the brand. I did not pick it because I thought the bottle was cute. I picked it It for the ingredients. It is a really cute freaking bottle. I picked it for the ingredients because as a person, these ingredients are like, you know, the spice girls, spice girls, the Powerpuff girls, where it's like sugar and spice and everything nice. And then like professor X mixes up the little jug and then they pop out. Like that is how I was made these three ingredients. I will tell you the ingredients, coffee. Hello. Obviously white flour and vanilla. (laughs) That's who I am as a person. If you cut me open and count the rings, there's coffee, white flower and vanilla in a little glowy orb right inside of me. So that's why I will not disclose my perfume because I carefully selected it for myself. And I will tell you, I went through so many scent trials, so many scent trials. I bought 
crap loads of perfume that I will never wear again, you know, many moons ago when I was still searching for my scent. Once I found it, she keeps it. It's very much a golem in the ring kind of situation. Mm. See, I I don't mind if people buy my scent, which my signature scent at this stage of my life is the DKNY blush. It used to be the Red Delicious. I've moved on to blush. That's my thing. It's, it's, it's pink. It's an apple-shaped bottle. I'm really into the aesthetic. But... <laughs> But you will not smell as good as me, even if it's the same perfume. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. So find your own scent. Anyway, Hannah, what is your secret? I digress. <laughs> so Do you my mind just completely went blank because of all the perfume conversations. I was like, <laughs> my secret. <laughs> the thing I learned most at boating school is. Buzz, 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 buzz. <laughs> I... I have a dream. <laughs> That's okay. I will. You think about it, and I will give one in the meantime. And you come to me in like two seconds. I'm gonna have to interrupt you. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You can. My second one is that I think that it, it's not that. <gasps> okay. Are you ready? Please go. Yeah. No, you go. You go. I no, got no, it. No, I got it. You're gonna forget again. You need to go. <laughs> okay. My secret is I and. We, the fairer sex, choose up to the moment that we're leaving the house what we're going to wear based on the last time that we shaved to a degree that I don't think you understand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not that I want to wear trousers that day. It's not that I want to wear jeans that day. I am physically limited. I cannot. I physically cannot allow myself to wear a dress. And I know that like body hair is coming back in vogue and everybody loves it. Here's how it is. <laughs> if you have not shaved your legs in a week, Ooh. you don't, you don't even look at mm -mm. the dresses in your wardrobe. You don't even see them. You go, Oh, I, I physically cannot wear them as if there is someone there who will not let you leave the house wearing that. Like that is the level of mental, like crossed offness right. that these have. And then you think to yourself, which length jean? Cause I have some three quarter length jeans. Can, how hairy is my ankle? Can you see it? Are you looking like I fully shaved the bottom half of my legs the other day because I really wanted to wear a dress and I couldn't find anything else that would work for me in the trousers top category. And I was like, I'll be here for two years. I just have to shave. Like I can't. So if you haven't shaved in a couple of days, depending on your hair growth cycle in a week and two weeks, you completely black out part of your wardrobe and i don't think i get guys get that because i think guys are like oh it's not a big deal like if you're just hairy like one day it's fine okay you're you're guys are the reason it's a big deal so <laughs> most guys oh guy secret almost every guy that i have spoken to who is in a serious relationship married or even just dating does not care if their girlfriend fiance wife shaves her legs yeah once you're in an established relationship even before i'm just saying i've never met a man who is pre-six-month relationship who has been like uh if i go on a first date with a girl and she's a hairy leg like i don't mind i've never met that, that would be a great opener question if you do go on any more dates to be like this is purely for science <laughs> <laughs> as you can see but like tell me <laughs> but you have one clean leg and one hairy leg right. because you have to science. which do you prefer <laughs> which one's attractive hmm? Hmm? both of them is the correct <laughs> answer but also both but yeah i've i've heard from and i've heard from some guys that they actually prefer some body hair i know that some guys prefer 
body hair in specific places. No, I mean like leg hair, armpit hair. Interesting. I mean, so here's my thing. I think legs aside, I think that certain areas that you're like fully shaving or waxing, like it's a bit pedophilic to me. And guys who are insistent that you be bare down there, I think you have bigger issues to address. I just think if you care that much about the hair configuration down there, we have some issues. We have some, we have some issues. Like, talk about, because like, I'm not sitting here thinking like, I mean, manscaping is like, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Like I don't, I, I'm okay with it, but I'm not sitting here thinking like he needs to be completely shaved for me to be into it. Like, I don't even really notice that. It's not even like a, a thing on my radar when I'm like intimate with somebody. It's just not. So when it's a guy saying that to me, I'm like, I feel like maybe I'm not your demographic. And I think you need, you and Chris Hansen, like you together need to talk about that. So I mean, in the most loving way possible, because I know that it's not the same for, for guys who are into girls. Like it is very attractive to them most of the time. The magical vulva. But <laughs> for women, by and large, majoritively mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no one is actually attracted to anything below your waist oh that's so true it's like a sad sea no creature. <laughs> no like it's, like it's just something that is part of a process that is good for both of us right. but it's not something that you want to be looking down the barrel of if you can help it like no. you don't want to spend any time you're there there are specific odors that <laughs> you don't like that you, you just you just, you're in the moment and you deal with it and it's fine. And, and everybody has stuff like mm-hmm. it's a body, like it is not meant to be this pristine statue work of art kind of thing. But the idea that that part of your body is attractive is purely a male idea. Like there is no woman that I've ever met. Who's like, you know what I love? <laughs> like, <laughs> if I could have it on my walls. It's just never. This is what I would get. (laughs) And I think any woman who would say differently, this might be me judging you. Like maybe there are people out there who love it, but I think she's playing up to get male attention. Like I think she's cool girling it hard. Yeah. I think that it's like, oh no, I like it. Like personally, I would just love to stare at it. Like, I don't believe you. I don't. It literally looks like a dead lizard. It's very sad. It, 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 like, it doesn't matter what size. It, none of that's doesn't relevant. matter. It doesn't it, matter what color. It's, it's just, <laughs> it doesn't it's matter just what shape. <laughs> it's just a it's dead lizard just, on two rocks. So all it is. <laughs> very sad. Who likes a dead lizard? I ask you. Who? who and then, us? like, the tail starts to regrow, <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> wait, oh, wait, no, <laughs> no. Let me see him, like fully processed and then maybe we can talk but even then it's not like a be still my beating heart you know like, it's just not something that's attractive it's something no. that you know will serve a purpose but it's like looking at a carburetor to me like I don't open my car hood and I'm like oh yeah like I'm like that's gonna get me where I need to go sorry but a pair of like Christian Louboutin is gonna get me more hot and bothered than that will <laughs> That's so anyway, so, that is a good subsequent secret. That that has to count as one. It, it does. And I don't think that, I mean, I think that there's this idea that like women don't like to have, it's taboo to have a lot of body hair. Oh, what movie is that from? The, the penis song. I have no idea. I will find it and play it because it's it's about this. Like it's 
girls sitting at a diner and they're all talking about it. And they're like, did you tell him like what he needed to hear? And so they start singing the song. Okay. I need to look up both the movie and the song. So I have the penis song. It's here and I'm going to play it for you now. Actually, what I should have done is pulled this up on my computer. So give me two seconds. Bear with me. <clears throat> Jeopardy music incoming. Don't worry. I So the, mov- the movie is the sweetest thing. And it has Cameron Diaz in it. And it's a hilarious movie. Like, you really should watch it. Um, but it is literally called The Penis Song. And now I am prepared. <laughs> okay. Here. about this with a friend of mine like there's this video trend going around where it's like a tiktok trend where someone will be like so like how is like my size if a girl tells you the girl so the girl will then say it's the perfect size and the guys are like slamming bathroom doors in me and like crap they're using a different word but like it's like a they they know that that's kind of a veiled meaning you know so they're kind of onto us but so i don't know if we'll keep the full song so if you get the full song you're blessed but the point being like there's two secrets embedded in that one, the secret of the song. And two, nobody talks about that. Like nobody goes to lunch and talks about that. I, I mean, like I've had friends ask me how men were in bed, you know? Yeah. But you ask like, how was it? You're not like, paint me a picture with words. <laughs> Describe. <I> mean, <laughs> and it's uh, usually that just comes up as a part of that description of like, he was lacking, but he made up for it X, Y, and Z. Or he was like painfully large and it was terrible for me. And that's kind of like the end of the conversation. And you're like, oh, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. And that's, that's the end. So, but no, we're not singing songs in restaurants about your penis size. So nope. we're not, we're not. So, um, correct. So that's a couple of secrets there for you guys. So, but mine is also hot off the presses. <laughs> mine is sex related, but it's not about like women liking sex or women talking about sex. It's that many women are just as, I don't know if insecure is the right word, but like hyper aware of their performance as men are. And we have less work to do, but I'm very aware of like what I'm doing when I'm engaging in sexual activity with somebody. So it's not just about what I look like. It's just about, it's, it's about like, how am I responding? You know, like, does my face look weird? Is everything like fresh down there? <laughs> like, these are things going through my head. So. All I is thank the Lord. 
I don't have casual sex anymore. I don't miss a thing. I don't, (laughs) I don't miss a single thing about it. And it's, it's because in a lot of cases, your continued participation in the relationship depends on your performance. Mm -hmm. And so we're conditioned to completely reformat how we respond to things, how we act, what we like, what we're, what we're thinking about while we're having sex, instead of connecting with the person, we're thinking about our performance. And it's because there is so much pressure on women to be good in bed, just like there's so much pressure on guys to be good in bed, good in bed, is such an abstract, like what is good in bed? Oh, it's, it's knowing this many moves or it's, you know, no, like, have you ever looked up sex positions online? Not like porn, but I'm talking about like articles on like how to, yeah, I'm looking like how to X, Y, and Z. There's like 11 positions and everything else is like a variation of the 11 positions. So if you're like, Oh, I know so many moves. I'm like, I'm not a pretzel. Okay. I don't want to be a pretzel. Yeah. And like, I don't want to be thrown against a wall and like slammed and then like backflipped. And then you have to like turn a pan on and you have to like fry an egg first. And like, it's just, it's not, it's not for me. So the point being like good in bed is just a fake term that media has perpetuated to sell products. Like there is literally no such thing as good in bed because good in bed is completely subjective. Like what Emma likes is not what I like. And what I like is not what Emma likes. And what you like is not what we like. Everybody is different because everybody is different. Literally everybody. And And if you are not comfortable expressing what you like to somebody, don't have sex with them. This is the bare minimum requirement, being able to communicate the very... just, just what you like. So, and just don't, don't get yourself in sexual situations where you have to fake it. Like it's the worst. This is the year of not faking orgasms. I'm going to, I'm telling you now, like if someone's doing bad, lean in and whisper. It's just literally like, I'm this isn't really crazy. working for me. And, and I think that a lot of women think that you can't do that. <laughs> like yeah. I, I, I mean, I come at it from a different perspective because again, like I was never really I was never an active participant in my sex life because I was always worried about impressing people. And so I was always thinking about what they were liking or what was going on in their head or how I was looking or what I should be doing. And it, I was never like Emma can tell you, cause I complained to her for years about this. Like, the the single girl like oh we're just gonna like have sex and chill like that part of my life was genuinely horrible sex like Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. and I'm only saying this because I think there's this illusion and and I think I've said this before there's this illusion that everybody's having great sex and it's like it's most of us are having very mediocre sex but besides that like most people aren't having sex that often it's true like most people are not having sex as often as you think they are. Most married couples are not having sex as often as you think they are. People and are it's definitely not having sex as often as you think we are. Well, and it's just like, it, there's this weird need to pretend, I think, like what we were saying about like, oh, I, I love this or I want to be so wild and do this. And it's like, maybe you just want to missionary and chill. Like, why is that wrong? <laughs> Like, why is that bad? Like you do you. And the only person who's going to judge you is nobody other than yourself. Right. Like nobody goes home as a, at least as a woman, nobody goes home from a sexual experience and thinks, Oh, I just wish he had posed more. Like, (laughs) you know, the thing that I really missed 
was him specifically responding in these four ways to what I was doing. I really felt that that was lackluster. Nobody does that. Like you have to get out of your own head. And if you're going to enter into these sexual scenarios, like, I, I mean, you know, my perspective on it, I just think you shouldn't have sex with people that have not committed to you in a serious way because you're wasting your own value and you're wasting your own time. But if you're going to don't sit there and have terrible sex the whole time going like, yeah, this is great. What an empowering moment. Like have good sex or at least tell them, I don't want to have sex with you because you're bad at sex. Like we're bad together. I don't like this. This is it's going totally, badly. It is okay to not have sexual compatibility with every single person that you meet and you're you having shouldn't. sex with. That, that's you, you should not. Are, you're lying to yourself because that's there's just no there's no way. I'm sorry, it's impossible. Of all the people, like I don't have a high body count by any means. And if you do, like no shade, no pink lemonade. Like do do whatever you want. No tea, no shade, no pink lemonade. <laughs> personally, I'm off two hands, but not by a lot. So I I'm just saying, as a person who's had like a moderate amount of sex, like out of those people, the people I've actually had decent sexual compatibility with, probably like half, maybe less. So I'm just saying, like, you never know until you're in it, like, it's not working, you know, and maybe at that point, it's like, well, I'll just like get through this. But if you can manipulate the situation to be better for both of you, you should. I'm just like, I'm gonna say this, because I think I would be remiss if I wasn't. And I'm sorry if this is me beating a dead horse. But like, my husband and I did not have sex until we got married. And obviously, I'd had sex before, because I told you just a minute ago about all the bad sex I'd had. And we have sexual compatibility, not because we tested it first, but because we built a relationship together on trust mm -hmm. and on mutual admiration and on love and on a lot of really important, like compatibility values that meant whatever our sex looked like, it was going to be good. Mm -hmm. And I just think fundamentally, and, and Emma's talked about this before, if someone's trying to tell you like, oh, you have to test sexual compatibility it's a lie. You don't have to, mm -hmm. if you don't want to be having casual sex, don't have it because right. honestly it, there is no reason to feel pressured by society to have sex with someone or to have sex in situations that you don't want to have sex in. I told every guy this that I've ever met, like, you know, for me, casual sex just does not do it. It does not matter who you are. You can be the hottest person alive. Like if I, I have no, okay, we can, we can't do this. <laughs> um, I am just saying as a person who's had casual sex and a person who's had sex based on a relationship where I made them wait until they proved they were committed to me and vice versa, the latter is always better. It does not matter what the person looks like, how they treat, whatever. That's irrelevant. The best sex is always going to be on an emotional and respectful premise. Always. And I've had guys tell me like, yeah, casual sex like doesn't do much for me. I'm like, and here you are though, being like, let me come over. Why? For what reason? Yet and still, you're in my DMs. Hey, so, <laughs> like, I mean, I have questions. Like, I just, I, at the age that I am now and the experiences I've had, I just can't imagine being that person who's like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Like, with the sole purpose of going over and having sex. Like, that blows my mind that you can have casual sex, know that it's unsatisfying, and still, that doesn't matter to you. That's crazy to me. So, anyway. I did not expect such a sexy tea time from us. I will tell you. <laughs> really dove in. So do you think we, should we cap it here? Should we do any more, take it in a different direction? What do you think? If you have any more secrets, I think spill the tea whilst okay. we're here. Okay. I have one that's not, it's about attraction, but it's not sexually necessarily related. And that is that 
it may, this is like, I've had discussions with my male friends, not very many of them, because like, this is still really unknown to them, like apparently, that women are more attracted to your intelligence than your body any day. 950 like, trillion percent. And I think there's this idea that like, if you go to the gym and you get yoked, I'm like, yeah, that is attractive because it shows that like, you can commit to something that's hard and you like, yeah, sure. You look good. But if I talk to you and like, there's nothing going on up here, I'm immediately just like, you could be a Greek God. I'm not attracted to you. It's attractive for a shelf life. Like if you buy mm-hmm. a tuna sandwich from a grocery store, that's how long it's going to last you. If you're right. really, really hot, like it's great. Like, good for you. Snaps for you. Look at you achieving. It's, it's great. But the, that's not, that's not getting the girl. That's not keeping the girl. Like there's no way that I don't, I don't think I know a single woman who would say like, yeah, he was like really smart, but he just wasn't hot enough. Like I've, I've never had that conversation. I've had the conversation of, I'm not personally attracted to him and we didn't have that much to say, but I've never heard someone say like, um, his biceps were so small that I just like left the day. <laughs> like I I've never had that conversation because honestly, and maybe this is like, I think guys are going to be like, yeah, right. When they hear it. But like, for me, when I'm on a date and I'm talking to someone, like usually it's based off of like a physicality first, especially if you're on like app dating, right? Like, okay. And maybe a brief conversation, but if you're on that date, the only thing that makes me want to leave is if you can't hold a conversation with me, not or has nothing creepy. to do with that as well, but it really has nothing to do with what you look like. Like, I'm just no. I'm, like, I think there's this idea that like women are only interested in like, when we've said women are shallow, like you, that that's true. But ours goes beyond the physical, especially once you get a woman that's past the age of 25. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the girl secrets change when you, hit puberty when you hit adult puberty, which is about 24, 25. And when you hit like 35, like, you know, we evolve over time, but generally there are not too many women who have any sort of mental maturity or emotional maturity who are thinking to themselves, I just wish he was hotter. Like it, it doesn't happen. And it's also why a lot of celebrities have really terrible dates, like terrible Mm. dating life because they might be really hot, but they might not have anything to say, or they, there are people who are not celebrities too, that are very, very attractive. And Emma was talking about this the other day to me, like very, very, very attractive person. And then you speak to them and it's like, And you're like, I can't get out of there fast enough. And they haven't gotten less hot. (laughs) No, here's the thing. I think that I'm sure it goes both ways, but for myself, like when I meet these excessively attractive people, I find that they've probably been attractive, like most of their life. And I find a lack of personality there. I really do because it's like, you didn't come into your hotness. Right. So like you probably earn your hotness, (laughs) but I know like people who are attractive, like all through their lives, that they're probably used to getting what they want and attention. And I find that that impacts the effort that you're putting forth. Yeah. And I see this a lot with men and women. So yeah, it's just me. Um, Do I have any other burning secrets? Oh, here's a, here's one for free. Here's one real quick for free no makeup brush that she owns is less than $10 in value. That's true. Not one. I don't care where she got it. Even Walmart, not one makeup brush. And if you think about how many makeup brushes most women have, go ahead and go 
if you have a girlfriend or if you're a woman and just want to have a fun math experiment, look at your brushes in whatever bin or pottery receptacle you have them in, you know, like whatever little holder you have Mm -hmm. or on your desk all over you do you (laughs) and just mentally count up how much each one was and think about like that in comparison to a car payment or groceries and just see which one ends up higher. (laughs) Just see. I have (laughs) five eyeshadow brushes alone. Just, just eyeshadow. And none of them were under $15. I have it cosmetic brand eyeshadow brushes that are my primary eyeshadow brushes. And those were about 15 to 20 a pop. Yep. Because they're good brushes though. Like they last forever. So no, that that's the thing is like, the reason that you buy expensive makeup brushes is because they last you. So the idea would be that you buy one brush and you don't have to replace it for up to 15 years, because as long as you're cleaning it regularly, it's a good brush. Like the purpose of it is to keep the bristles healthy. But for that reason, there are makeup brushes that are more than $80. Yeah, that's true. I don't personally, I don't own them, but they are out there to be bought and they're not like unicorn tails. Like, they're real makeup brushes that people buy and use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think in general, men really underestimate the amount of mo- money that cosmetics cost in just like healthcare in ge- or beauty in general for women. 150%. Like if you look at your makeup table or your makeup bin or your Over $2,000 probably. Like imagine valuing it for home insurance. Like add up how much it would cost you to replace every single thing in it. It's a fun brain experiment, Ouch. but it's... <laughs> It's a healthy amount. Like it, it's not a small sum. No, no. I could buy a lot of Uber Eats with that much money. (laughs) My priorities. (laughs) But I think that was a good session of secrets. I think we'll close the chamber for now. You know, next time we open it, it might be to fight Voldemort. Another time it might be to tell you that not only do we shave our faces, but we buy special razors to do it. So, wow! you know, you, you just never know what's going to come out. Like, so much for hanging out with us and stuff. Um, we should know that, that we're releasing this as a mini-sode this week just because Hannah moved into a new home. We have a lot of things yeah. going on. And we might have to adjust our episodes to be fools every other week just because my classes are starting next week. And so I wrote out my thesis proposal, which was about eight pages, right? And my timeline that I had to set up, I have to write about 1,500 words a week to meet my page count so as much as i love the team i really want to pass school and like graduate oh. and up. so thank you oh but we'll still so, be releasing content we just might have to make it like a moderated content so. well and again like we're gonna go off of what we think is best to do but equally if you have thoughts if you have feelings please message us please tweet us please dm us email us, let us know. We're happy to cater. We're happy to speak specifically about things that you're interested in, but until such time as we no longer have to have careers because we earn money from this podcast, <laughs> we're trying so hard. We're trying so hard. you're going to have to, you're going to have to be with us through, through thick and thin. So oh, right now and we're, we're, we're trying to earn it on quite a lot of bread. We are. We're, we're trying, we are earning it. 
So here's the thing, guys. I think that people really underestimate the help that ratings get you on your podcast platforms, like whatever you're using to listen. Rate four stars or above. Other than that, like we're not super interested. Thank you for your time, but like keep your thoughts to yourself. But if you want to rate us four to five stars, it helps boost the podcast in terms of like when people go to search like tags related to the podcast, they're more likely to see ours. So if you care about our success and you like us, you'll do that. Honestly, even if it's three stars, I'll take it. I'll take the rate. You know what? Like I I personally am not vibing with that, but that's totally like a personal thing. So it's just like a personal choice. So I am so happy that we got to do this. I'm glad that we got to spill some tea with you. And I can't wait for Oprah to tell us that we did a great job. (laughs) Okay, guys. Well, I am Emma. I am Hannah. Oh, now that is tea. Yeah.